Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey guys, welcome back. Here I am once again. Are you tired of me talking? Um, It feeds my, like I said, I've said this so many times and so it's probably getting really annoying, but it really feeds my soul to do this. When God asked me to do this, I didn't realize um, how much it was actually going to be a blessing for my own heart. <laughs> to get on here and talk with you guys every week and you know I prior to preparing like or um, putting out a podcast I don't really do that much by way of preparation other than really praying over the topic at hand and maybe looking up some things and as I look up some things my heart just dives in deeper into some of these topics and gets more fired up to come on here and talk with you guys um so I'm just so happy to be here and uh um I apologize And to, um, oh my goodness, I'm going to try to cough and then continue recording. (laughs) Okay, I got my coughing spell out of the way. (laughs) Um, But it's funny because I was recently asked to um, talk on a Advent retreat, a women's Advent retreat that was um, done recently. And I was asked to talk on it and it got me fired up about this, this experience I had with our Lord recently that I just wanted to come on here and share with you guys because I think a lot of times we forget in, in so much of our suffering the goodness of God. And I know I, <laughs> I talk a lot about suffering and um, a lot of times what God is doing, whether it was his active or passive will for some of the experiences we had, for what he is doing within our souls in those places and that he can totally bring beauty out of the ugly and the messy, right? He can bring joy out of the sorrow. He can bring peace out of the pain. But I think one of the things that I experienced myself recently um, was this idea of where are you, God? Okay, so (laughs) I want to read our opening Bible verse, which is um, Psalm 13. And I'm actually going to read you all of Psalm 13 because a lot of times I just give you guys like a snippet or something. But I thought um, this was a really good one that um, the whole thing in its entirety was important. All right, it says, How long, Lord, will you utterly forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I carry sorrow in my soul, grief in my heart day after day? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look upon me. Answer me, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes, lest I sleep in death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed. Lest my foes rejoice at my downfall. But... I trust in your mercy. Grant my heart joy in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has dealt bountifully with me. And I love these real verses from David, where he's struggling, basically saying, like, where are you, God? But I will still sing your praises, right? And it's funny because um, I think in our suffering, either we can embrace the cross and delight with God in these places, or we can have moments of real struggle. And if you've been on here before, if you've listened to some of my prior episodes, you've probably heard me talk about um, 
I've been in this, I've had this experience where sometimes some of my greatest crosses have brought me the most unearthly joy of intimacy with, with Christ, with God, where I could feel totally cared for by him and continuously locked in his most perfect gaze. But that's not always the case, right? Sometimes I find myself in a really heavy, unexpected turn of events kind of situation really overwhelmed by life or really overwhelmed by the situation and the circumstances laid out before me. And I can just really get frustrated and be like, God, where are you in all of this? Right. And a lot of times it's right in the moment that I cannot see where God is and what it is that he is doing. And recently, sometime in the last few months or so, and I might've talked about this on the podcast previously, but I had this experience where I came rushing to adoration. I was so overwhelmed with things going on in my life. So overwhelmed with feeling like I was quite literally incapable of doing all that God had asked me to do, whether it was caring for my children, loving on my husband, um, just taking care of the duties of the day, the week, the month, whatever it was, I was completely inundated and overwhelmed. And while many of you might know, I've been going through my own healing journey in the last couple of years, intentional <laughs> healing journey. And sometimes when we are going through a healing journey that can cause us to have these wounds high up on the surface, no longer buried down deep because God wants to heal them and he wants to glorify them. They become very vulnerable and open and ready for infection, which oftentimes makes us feel almost more incapable of doing our normal day-to-day duties. And I was in this place of just feeling like I was drowning and I ran to adoration. And in my heart, as I was staring up ahead at him i cried out to him lord where are you i am drowning i am drowning i am sinking and i do not see the life rafts i know you would say you are throwing i do not see them throw me something i need more i am drowning and as i said this with my <laughs> uh, frustration and my real heart cry to god and my friends, by the way, when we have these inner in, inner um, emotions in these deep places, God already sees it and knows it. So why not bring it to him? Why not have that conversation with our Lord? He treasures the vulnerability and the honesty of your heart more than I think we realize. And so I'm sitting there crying out to God, telling him I'm drowning. Where are your life rafts? And I suddenly was pierced so intensely with a shift of reality. Where God said, oh, my sweet, sweet girl, I am not a God in a distant boat who throws life rafts. No, my dear one, I have the second your feet touch that water, I dove in after you. And yet, why is it that we distrust this so much, right? And he continued on in my heart to say, I have been holding you in these raging seas this whole time, but you have been swirled around in so much fear and distrust that you have been climbing out of my arms, gagging and drowning on the raging seas in all that water. If you had just trusted and relaxed and rested in my arms, you would have been hushed by the waves. You'd been warmed by my gentle embrace. And yet, although your circumstances might not look different on the outside, you would have had a stillness and a peace versus this anxious rush out of my arms. And I think like it was just like a powerful punch to my heart 
where I was like, wow, Lord, I was distrusting you. I did not trust that you were here and that you were present. I couldn't. In all that suffering, I was exhausted. I was tired. And I just wanted to throw my hands up. And I wanted you to throw me more life rafts. And yet you were already there holding me. I didn't need any of these life rafts. And um, the <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen The Chosen. I'm sure many of you have watched The Chosen. And one of my favorite scenes, um, and my friend Stephanie talks about this being her favorite scene too. One of my favorite scenes is when Nathaniel is under the tree and he's crying out the verse Psalm 102.2. And it says, Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. The Lord of the universe is not hiding his face from us. And yet we can often feel like that. We can often feel so alone in the struggle and the battle. He is not hiding his face from us. It's often us that are turned away from him, right? And um, I think one of the things that... Um, was encouraging for my heart is Isaiah 46 4 where he says even to your old age and gray hairs I am he I am he who will sustain you I have made you and I will carry you I will sustain you and I will rescue you how can we lack this 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 trust of knowing that the king of the world the father of fathers who loves us beyond anybody could possibly love us on this earth. Why would he not be caring for our souls? And a lot of times it's our own selves who are fighting the battle, fighting the raging seas, and we don't realize we are climbing out of his arms with our hasteful, anxious response to the life circumstances that have come our way. But when we relax and we're still and we realize that God is in control and we do not have to have everything in, in under our control. There's a freedom and a peace that soothes our heart like the gentle ocean moving waves, right? And Joshua 1.5, there's just so many Bible verses that remind that us that God is with us. He said, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. John 14, 18, no, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans. I will come to you. We are constantly reminded in, in his living word in itself that God is with us. And I think it's important for us to remember the times where we've struggled and we've felt God's presence as a gentle reminder for us that even when we are struggling, if you find yourself running to adoration like me, find that you're drowning and you don't see God, you don't see how he's working, you don't see his aid, and you don't see him rescuing you. It's a good reminder when we've had those past experiences as something that we can taste to remember that he is present and he is rescuing us. And a lot of times it's our own selves that need to get out of the way. And no, our circumstances might not change. Everything might say the same on the outside, but it's that inner stillness, right? This journey we're on here at Latte and Laundry, the Mary and Martha journey, this journey of this inner stillness in Christ amidst the mayhem and the doing and all the things we have to deal with on the outside, that is what will sustain us. And if we feel that peace, even in the midst of um, stress or anxiety or tragedy, it is when we are starting to taste the goodness that the saints have all tasted, right? The saints have suffered. If you look back at the story of the saints, they have suffered an immense amount of suffering. Many of them far greater than anything we will ever experience. And yet they have this inner joy and this inner peace amidst their tears and sorrow, amidst the hardships of their lives. Because they were so in love with God. And it was him they seek. 
and it was his love they received. And so it's a good, it, it's a good um, role model for us to constantly seek him and have these, <laughs> these real heart-to-heart conversations to God so he can remind us of his perfect presence, that he doesn't turn his face, that he doesn't abandon, and that, quite frankly, he jumps in the waters after us. St. Padre Pio <laughs> says, Jesus is with you even when you don't feel his presence. He is never so close to you as he is during your spiritual battles. So especially if you're struggling to feel and taste God's goodness, if you're struggling to feel intimately close to him when you're in the midst of so much suffering and sorrow and hardship, it's precisely in those places that Christ comes even closer to us. If only we'd turn our faces, if only we'd stop fighting his gentle embrace, right? And C.S. Lewis says this, for all the times that we, we really struggle to believe God, could be paying attention so closely to us that he must be off in some distant region caring for another soul. C.S. Lewis says, we may ignore it, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. (laughs) And I love that because it's so true. He's present in the little ways we don't even realize, right? Like he's present in that spouse that rubs your back after a hard day. He's present in that child who just scoops up into your lap and gives you a kiss in the cheek. He's present in that stranger at the market who is kind and gentle. He is present everywhere, right? And a lot of times it's our eyes and ears that are too distracted to see him and all of his workings, right? And it is really this running to God that reminds us how good he is and how present he can be, especially in the times of hardship, especially in the times of real painful, painful experiences. I know I've talked about it on here before, but the night of my brother's suicide was really, really painful. And as soon as the phone call came in, I was upstairs laying in my bed And I had actually just finished writing a letter, one of my secret love letters, to my son, Noah. And I was laying in bed, getting ready for sleep, when the phone rang. And I could hear the phone ring, and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I heard my husband answer. And for some reason, when the phone rang in that instant, my stomach dropped. I knew this was too late for a phone call in a house with three children. I knew something was was not okay. And then I heard my husband's voice scream, no. And my heart sank and I came running down the stairs and he told me what happened. And I fell to the ground, weeping, ran to the bathroom, puking. And the first thing I looked for was my rosary and my crucifix. My husband ran and got them for me, ripped them off the wall and brought them to me. And within two hours of this message, I was on my knees in adoration, weeping with my good God. And we can't forget that he's not, he's not distant in these harms of struggle. He's not far away. No, friends, he is as close as physically possible. And he is weeping alongside us, right? I love the scene in um, the Bible when Mary and Martha run to Jesus after their their brother Lazarus died. And they're yelling and Mary is so upset with Jesus and she says, "Jesus, where have you been? If you had been here, he would not be dead." 
right? That's something we could all feel so much in all of our struggle and all of our heartache and all of our pain. And she cried out, where have you been? And Jesus seen her tears and the tears of the other Jewish people that were there. He wept. He cried alongside her, alongside us. And my daughter just recently told me this, and it's no surprise to me, that the shortest Bible verse in the entire Bible is John 11.35, which is Jesus wept. I think God desired for that to stand out alone all by itself because it is so profound and so powerful. We need to know and remember that God cries alongside us. He's not some distant um, man off in a boat throwing us life rafts, hoping that, hey, maybe you'll catch one, right? He's not far away, not paying attention to our heartache and sorrow. No, he is in it with us and he weeps alongside us, right? I know we talked about this in one of our first episodes on here on Latte and Laundry, but Jesus could have laughed and giggled to himself because he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he ultimately also knew that Lazarus would be okay in his eternal salvation because of all that Jesus was going to do. But even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead again, he wept. My friends, he weeps alongside us. He doesn't ignore our heartaches. He's not far away. He jumps in those waters after us, holds us, and cries alongside us right? If only we would let him work the miracles, the rising of the dead in our own hearts and souls, as he did for Mary and Martha on that day when he rose their brother from the dead. If only we'd allow him to do his most glorious work in our hearts and in our souls. And it comes from trusting him, right? Mary and Martha knew. They said you could have saved him. They knew the glorious power of him. They knew that it was he alone that could save his brother, their brother. Do we come with to him with our own trust that you could save, he could save our hearts, save our souls from all the pain that we are enduring because of the, the life circumstances and the life crosses we are carrying? And sometimes the deep waters that we are in are our greatest um, pathway to purifying our hearts and souls. God working in and for us, whether it's like the waters of the flood of Noah's Ark, which were beautifully purifying, or that of baptism, which purifies us. It doesn't matter what kind of waters we're in, as long as the, we are fully aware that God's love can um, transcend all of that, right? My fa- One of the favorite, bi- favorite Bible verses my kids and I have memorized recently, which I think I've talked about on here, but it's so relevant again, is um, Song of Songs 8-7 which says deep waters cannot quench love, nor rivers can sweep them away. Nothing can stop the king of the world's love. Nothing, no no sorrow, no deep pain. doesn't matter how deep the waters of your suffering are, how far into the raging seas of the ocean they go, or how pass, quickly passing this little distraction is like a sweeping river. Nothing can stop God's love. Deep waters cannot quench love, nor rivers sweep them away. This is so good for us as we're suffering to remember that God is not far away. He is constantly here with us in those deep waters, in those passing rivers, right? And so I think this is just an invitation as I continue to pray through this myself, continue to keep turning my head, my heart, and gently resting my 
My soul upon the chest of my Lord has he embraces me for all of us to realize he is with us in all of it. You are not alone, friend, especially suffering can be especially difficult because it often makes us feel so alone, isolated, especially the the intimate crosses we don't share with the rest of the world, especially the ones that are, are sacred and private, whether it be marital problems, problems with a child, financial problems, whatever it is. A lot of times we keep those very close and near and dear to our heart. And it can be a really big struggle when it makes us feel so alone and lonely. But it's so good to remember that God himself is with us in all of it. He will not abandon and he will not leave. No, my friends, he will sustain. So I would just love to end us on a prayer. Um, so let me pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for the gift of your constant presence. Your constant reminder that you are with us always. Help me and my friends here to remember your goodness and that the perfect father will never abandon, but instead scoops us up in our sorrow, carries us through the storm, holds us in the raging seas, and weeps alongside us. I ask you to um, comfort anyone who's carrying a big cross right now, suffering and struggling. Comfort them with your your perfect and ever presence. Let them know they are perfectly under your locked in gaze and that they are your beloved child. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, my friends, I hear a baby crying, so I've got to rush off here because I need to tend to my sweet girl. Um, But I hope you all have a blessed week. And if you don't mind, please, 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 I would be so blessed and so honored if you wouldn't mind. Um, Getting on, I don't know, Apple iTunes or Spotify, wherever you go that might have a rating to rate, leave a review. And like I said, I always love to connect. So feel free to reach out to Suzanne at latteandlaundry.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. And if you have any questions or things you would love to hear about on the podcast, please let me know. I have a bunch of things that are that are in store as we move forward. But um, I always love to hear what it is that it's on the hearts of my friends here so that we can journey together in this stillness in Christ. Okay, friends, I hope you all have a blessed week. God bless.